Good morning, everyone. Oh, look at all the people in the balcony. God bless you guys. Anybody want to say hello in the balcony? Praise God. And in the cafe, we're glad that you're here. Watching us via live stream, we're glad that you're here as well. And uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 47. Uh, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. And this morning, my prayer is that you would be captivated with vision. I want to call this visioneering for the future. You see, this morning, my prayer is that you would be impassioned by a sense of vision that will motivate you to be a part of a resourcing church. That we as a church would give more than we've ever given before. We will give more of our treasures. We will give more of our talents and our abilities than we've ever done before to bless Long Island. I'm thankful for a church that's a giving church. You know, during the hurricane, there's been some churches that have been damaged. And thank the Lord that Bethlehem has been able to respond to the needs in a passionate way. We wrote out a check to Pastor Todd in Hicksville. His church got damaged and we said, here, brother, be blessed. You're a child. You're a, a child of Bethlehem. We're, uh, we're your parent and we want to bless you. And so we wrote him a check in Island Park. They got hit uh, with a hurricane and so we sent teams of people. We still send teams of people into Island Park even though that Island Park is not exactly where our church is. We want to give away our people and we wrote them out a check and said, here, here's some finances to help you to get back on your feet again. And he thanks the church today. The both of the pastors want to let you know that they're very thankful that you are a very giving and resourcing church. I pray that your heart would be in passion to see that we can be a, a church that raises up leaders, more leaders than ever before, that will raise up leaders and will release them into their destiny, that we'll be a reaching church, that we'll reach more people on Long Island in 2013 than we've ever reached before. Hey, I've got a really cool story for you. There's a very prominent man that lives in Oceanside where I live. And he uh, actually owned a lot of real estate. And uh, one of our board members was telling me the story that his brother-in-law was sharing his faith with this man for many years. He happens to do, be a Jewish man. And, um, but, but it didn't seem to respond to the gospel. You don't know, God is already at work in people's lives. You just got to plant the seed and let God do the watering and let God do the harvesting. Somebody say amen. And so this man really got hit bad with the hurricane. And so in his own words, he said, a group of people with orange shirts came to my house and they cleaned out my house and they gathered around my wife and I and they prayed for us and they gave us a Bible and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. That's what it's all about. Glory to God. And we're hearing stories like that over and over again as we go out and we bless people. We're reaching them with the love of Jesus. I'm praying this morning that you will recognize that this church has the ability to bring new life to churches that are dying. That we would be a revitalization church. That we would help dying churches become healthy churches again. And that we would release people. We would release leaders. That we wouldn't hold on to leaders, but that we would understand that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And like the Apostle Paul, our job is to invest in young leaders. Our job is to invest in potential future leaders and pour into their life. Not so that they can stay here at Bethlehem Assembly of God, so, but that they can be missionaries and evangelists. And they can be pastors in churches that are dying, bringing them back to life. They can be leaders and plant churches and doing great things. Why? Because God's word tells us that every one of us in this room are called to do something for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. You see, vision is a very powerful thing. Someone once said the future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become realities. Before they become obvious. That's what vision is. Vision is a picture of a preferable future. 
Vision looks at Long Island, and even though Long Island has 1.8% Christian, that's worse than some 1040 window countries of the world. That's worse than some countries around the world that you're not allowed to preach the gospel. Even though Long Island has a very uh, a minute amount of people that call themselves Christians, we can see that Long Island can be turned into the Lord's Island. Come on, somebody. That we can see that number increase, and we can see many people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's vision. Pastor Cho, the pastor of a, the largest church in the world, says man doesn't make the vision, the vision makes the man. I'll say that again. Man doesn't make the vision, vision makes the man. And I love when he said that because Pastor Cho, he was a, a pastor of a very, very small church. And, you know, and, uh, and, and, and he explains how God gave him a vision, you know. And I've, I've done this before, but let me do it again because it's just really cute. But Pastor Cho, he's, he's from Korea, South Korea. And he says, you know, you have to have vision because vision is the thing that makes the man. Not man making the vision, but vision making the man. So he said, I had a small church. He said, but when I preached to these people, I had five people in my congregation, I would close my eyes. When I close my eyes, I see 500. <laughs> he said, and when I got 500 people, he said, I preached to the 500, and then I close my eyes, and I see 5,000. <laughs> Well, he's been doing that for many years, and now he has over a million people in his church. You talk about multiple services. They have so many multiple services, so many people, that they have an hour service. They ring a bell, and the next crowd comes in. They ring a bell. Next crowd comes in. Ring a bell. Next crowd. Why? Because he's a man of vision, and when he closes his eyes, he sees 5,000, 50,000, a million people. Come on, somebody. Say amen. That's what vision can do. You got to see beyond what's in front of you today. No matter what's going on in your life today, you've got to be a possessor of vision. You've got to be able to see the great things that God has promised in your life for your family, for your marriage, and for this church. Somebody say amen. Why? Because where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, communities perish. When a church loses its vision, the church begins to die. And that's why I want to infuse in you today. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to impassion you again. To inject into your spiritual veins vision again. To see the things that God wants to do through this incredible church. Now Ezekiel sees a vision. Turn with me if you're not already there. Ezekiel chapter 47. He sees a vision. And what's the vision? It says the man, he sees an angel in a vision. It's a man who brings him to the entrance of the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple was facing the east. And the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me through around the outside to the outer gate facing the east and the water was flowing from the south side. And as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Then he measured out again another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Then he measured off another thousand cubits, led me through the water, and it was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not pass because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in it. A river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? There it is. I want to ask you a question. Can you see it? Can you see what God wants to do for this church? Can you see what God wants to do through this church? Can you see what God wants to do through your life? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees each on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern river and goes down to Arabah where it enters the sea, and when it empties into the sea, the water becomes fresh. 
Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. And there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows and makes the salt water fresh. Ezekiel is seeing a picture of all kinds of different fish in the river. And when I look out at this crowd, I see a lot of different kinds of fish in the river. I see bass. I see kingfish. I see a couple of sharks. I see some blowfish. I see some whitefish and some blackfish and some grayfish and some yellowfish and some beautiful fish. Because when God begins to work, he begins to touch the nations. He begins to reach the nations of the world. He begins to reach all different kinds of people. He doesn't just reach white people, but he reaches black people and African people and Asian people and all kinds and Hispanic people. And there's all kinds of different fish in the river. Somebody say amen. Say, thank God I'm a fish in the river. I might look different, but glory to God, I'm a part of the river. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm a part of the river. The fish will be many and many kinds. He said, but the swamps and marshes will not be fresh. They will be left for salt. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to do what he has to do. He said, fruit trees of all kinds. Notice what he said. All different kinds of trees will bear all different kinds of fruit. And wherever the river flows, there will be life. And the leaves on the tree will be for healing. The fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for healing of the nations. Wow. What a, what a vision that Ezekiel sees. What is this vision? In order for us to understand the context of this verse, and we've got to always look at the context of what God is speaking about in Scripture, Ezekiel is a contemporary of Jeremiah and Isaiah. And these are passionate prophets who speak to the people of God. Remember, Jeremiah is before Ezekiel and Jeremiah is warning the people to turn from their wicked sin. Solomon had built this incredible temple and God had come to dwell in their midst. And Jerusalem was very blessed. But then Jerusalem turned their back on God and they started to worship idols of many kinds. And the prophet Jeremiah said, even though you worship God with your lips, your heart is far from me. America, watch out. Because you've been very blessed by God. And this nation was called by God. And this nation was created by God so that people could have freedom to worship. And now even though we worship with our lips, our heart is far from God. And like the people of Israel, we have need to be warned to say, turn back to God. And so the prophet Jeremiah kept on warning the people of Israel, turn from your wicked ways and serve the living God. But they would not listen. Their hearts became so hard that God had to allow them to be overridden by the Babylonians and the temple is destroyed. The beautiful, glorious temple that Solomon erected was destroyed and the people of God are now in captivity and Ezekiel comes on the scene and now in the beginning of captivity, Ezekiel sees some visions. Now I got to tell you, when you read the book of Ezekiel, you need a theologian with you. Because it's hard sometimes to understand some of the visions. They're crude, some of them. They're difficult to understand. God calls Ezekiel to do some even strange things to, to show the people that they need to still repent of their sin because even when they were in captivity, they still weren't turning their hearts towards God. They still weren't serving the living God. And Ezekiel had to give them some strong visions. But every time God gives us a warning, he also gives us the remedy. Come on, somebody. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. And he says, if you turn back to me, I will rebuild your family. When you turn back to me, I'll rebuild the temple again. In fact, he takes Ezekiel to a high mountain. And he looks down into the valley. And he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you see those dry bones? Those are bones of the people of Israel. He said to Ezekiel, 
Ezekiel, do you believe that those dry bones can live again? And Ezekiel said, Lord, only you know if those dry bones can live again. And God said to Ezekiel, speak to those dry bones. And the Bible said those dry bones became a mighty army. And God was saying, I'm going to raise up a people again. I'm going to raise up a people that love me. I'm going to raise up a people that know me. I'm going to raise up a people that are bold and fearless. I'm going to raise up a people, a nation, whereby the light will flow out of that nation and the glory of God will touch the nations of the earth. And then Ezekiel sees another prophecy in Isaiah. In Ezekiel chapter 47, he sees the temple. The temple was destroyed, but Ezekiel can see a rebuilt temple. Why was the temple so important? Because the temple was sacred to the Jews. The temple signified the presence of God and the blessing of God. The temple was the place where God would reveal his manifest glory. The temple was the place where the people of God worshiped God and where the hurting people, the desperate people, always could find the grace and the peace of God. The people refused to listen and the temple is destroyed. But now Ezekiel sees a renewed temple. He has a vision of a glorious and great rebuilt temple. And the people of Israel did indeed rebuild the temple. And the older people wept because they knew the glory of the old temple. And it wasn't as beautiful as the, the old temple. And the young people rejoiced because now the temple was reestablished so that God's blessing could come upon the people again and that God's spirit could dwell in that place. But Ezekiel was not only seeing the rebuilt temple when the people came back after 70 years to rebuild Jerusalem. God was taking Ezekiel to another place. He was taking him to another time. You see, when Ezekiel saw that man, that angel, with that, 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 that measuring line, and the Bible says that he took that measuring line and he walked a thousand cubits. I believe every thousand cubits, Ezekiel was seeing a dispensation of time. He was seeing a time in which God would begin to work by his spirit. And he said, I saw this man with this measuring line and the water was up to his ankle. And then he said, I saw there was a time I saw that man when he was walking that the water rose to his knees. Then it rose to his waist. Then it rose a little higher. And Ezekiel is now seeing the day of Pentecost when a group of people would go back into the upper room and they would make that place a temple and they would pray you see the water the river always flows from the altar of God the Bible says that Ezekiel saw the altar and out from the altar was the water of God friend if you want the anointing of God in your life if you want the presence of the Holy Spirit if you want to be baptized in the power of the Spirit then you'll always find the power on your knees it's at the altar of God whereby God begins to work again in your life I'm calling you back to the altars of God in January, we're going to have 21 days of fasting and prayer. And we're going to cry out to God as we gather around the altars. And we're going to say, God, restore us again, God. Restore your power in your church. As Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you'll receive power. And that power will give you a witness. And you'll be a witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Ezekiel is seeing a time when God's Spirit is going to be poured out. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God is poured out upon His people. But I believe that Ezekiel can look even further. He doesn't understand it. But what he's seeing is the last days. Why? Because the prophet Joel said, In the last days I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And that spiritual reawakening, that spiritual revival will be so powerful and so glorious that the Bible says it will be like a river. And all you'll have to do is jump into river and swim with the Spirit. And it will take you to glorious places. Glory to God. And I believe, even though we're seeing a turn away from God, that God is faithful to His promises. And in the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit. And there's going to be a revival like this world has never seen. Why? Because God's Word said it. The latter day reign of the Spirit. The latter-day revival will be greater than the one in the former times.
And I believe there's coming a time when God will pour out his spirit. When is it going to happen? Listen to me. When the church gets so desperate. You see, the truth is, there's a great opportunity on the horizon. You see, as the world keeps on turning further away from God, and as the world keeps on pushing against the church, and I believe persecution is going to come to the church, and it's not going to be so easy to be a Christian. But you see, desperation is going to set into the hearts of people. As the word of the Lord says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And there's going to come a time when the church is going to be broken. And out of our brokenness, and listen to me, out of our desperation for God, because we can't play church any longer, because we can't get away with just coming to the church and think that's what Christians Christianity is about because our church and our families and our communities are going to be in a desperate place. We're going to get on our face and say, God, if you don't intervene, if you don't come and save us, God, then we're lost and we're going to cry out to God. And God, in his mercy, is going to send his spirit like we've never seen it before. It's coming a day. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in horses or chariots. But we trust in the name of our Lord, our God. Hallelujah. And when we get to that place in our life where we are so desperate for God. You see, God only answers one kind of prayer. Desperate prayers. And when we get so desperate for God that we would put away our idols and we would spend time seeking the face of God. God will come and he will visit his people. So Ezekiel first sees the water flowing from the altar of prayer. Ezekiel sees a man with a measuring line and in his hand he measures out the distance the dispensations of time to where he leads us to this point I believe Ezekiel is seeing a time in history where it's not only ankle deep knee deep waist deep but we're swimming in the power of the spirit listen to me I know it seems like we're losing the battle for this generation but God tells us that there's coming a day when the river will be so powerful, wherever it goes, it will bring healing. I said it will be so powerful that wherever it goes, it will bring healing to the nations. Wherever it goes, it will bring fruitfulness. Wherever it goes, it will bring with it resources for the nations. Wherever it goes, it will bring renewal. Wherever it goes, it will bring revitalization. Wherever it goes, it will, listen to me, bring the release of God's blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited right now. In fact, some of you, you look like rigor mortis has set in. Stand to your feet right now and raise your hands right now and say, thank you, Lord, for the coming revival. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, raise your hands right now. Look up to heaven and say, God, I believe. I believe in the coming revival, God. I believe in a time when you're going to pour out your spirit upon your people again, God. Come on, raise your hands and say, God, I thank you for the things that happened in the past, but there's coming a day in the future where you're going to do something new, God. And I'm not despising small beginnings, God. Hallelujah. Give me a vision. Come on, say, God, give me a vision. Come on, let me hear you cry out to God. Give me a vision, God. Give me a vision, God. Give us vision, God, today. Oh, God, come into this place by your powerful Holy Spirit this morning and give us vision, God. Open our eyes today, God, and see what you want. Show us what you want to do in this church, God. Hallelujah. Hmm. Come Holy Spirit. Touch your church today, God. Lord, I pray in the next few moments, God, that you will mobilize us, God, to be a releasing church, to be a resourcing church, to be a renewing church in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Now listen to me. I believe that picture is a picture of what God wants to do in our church. Ezekiel sees the river 
And wherever that river goes, it brings life. Ezekiel sees that the water spills out from the altar and the temple. And while we always focus on the river, we first have to focus on the temple. And this week as I was praying, God gave me a vision. He showed me a vision in my spirit that out of Bethlehem Assembly of God, there would be a great river. That's what I saw. I saw a picture of a river flowing out the doors of Bethlehem Assembly of God. I saw the river. I saw the water was so powerful that it flowed out of the west side and the east side and the south side and the north side and it began to touch Limbrook and it began to touch Oceanside and it began to touch Island Park. We're already doing it. We're already seeing some of that. We, it began to touch Long Beach. It began to touch Rosedale in Queens. It began to touch the north shore of Long Island. It began to touch the south shore. It was flowing from the church and that the church of Jesus Christ, this church here, would start to become even a greater resourcing church. Uh, that we would become a church that's so thankful what God has given us that we would say, God, we want to bless the nations of the world. You see, I have a, a vision. And the first vision I see is that even though we have been so faithful to be a resourcing church, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> I love my church. I got no complaints about my church. I sit with other pastors and I go, I got no complaints about my church. I've been the pastor of this church for 20 years. I became the pastor when I was five years old. <laughs> for 20 years, I've been the pastor of this church. And I have seen God use Bethlehem Assembly of God in such incredible ways. That when I became the pastor at 30 years old, God said, I want you to be a resourcing church. I want you to be generous. I want you to be a model to other churches that when other churches, they look at you, they'll say, why is it that you're so generous? Why is it that you just keep on giving away money? Why is it that you give away people? Why is it that you're just so generous? You're not afraid. Friends, we cannot be afraid to give away that which doesn't belong to us in the first place. Come on, somebody. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. And what I have found is I, I cannot outgive God. No matter what it is, if I give God money, He blesses us back with finances. I received a check in the mail this week for $14,000 from somebody who said, listen to me, you're doing such a great work in Island Park and Long Beach. I want to give you $14,000. Find somebody in Long Beach that needs the money and give it to them. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Find a, a, a project and work through that. You know, you see, you can't ever outgive God. When you give him money, he'll bless you back. Hallelujah. When you give him people, he'll bless you back. I remember there was a time when I said, God, use me, God, to plant churches. And I spoke to Pastor Todd Bishop and I said, listen, if anybody's going to plant the church, it's you. And he came back and he said, God called me to plant the church. And I said, you know what? Then on Sunday morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to tell everybody in the church, you were here, many of you were here, you know, I said it. I said to the people in the church, anyone who wants to go with Pastor Todd, you're released to go. I didn't know if 100, I didn't know if 200, I didn't know if 300 people would go. I didn't know if the big tithers would go. And some of the big tithers did go. You see, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I remember that first Sunday morning, the, 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 the balcony was empty. Well, look at the balcony now. Please turn around and look at the balcony now. You can't outgive God. The more you give, the more God gives back to you. Glory, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Glory to God. Ezekiel saw the river. Glory to God. And it was running over. It was running out. And it was released to touch the nations and bring healing. You see, I have a vision that even though we support 85 different ministries and missionaries around the world, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. So God, there's more missionaries I want to support. There's more churches I want to build around the world. There's more teen challenge centers I want to raise up around the world. 
There's more orphanages that I want to raise up around the world. We're not done yet. We're just learning how to do it right for the first time. And God, I want you to release our church to give more money, to give more people and resources to this world than we've ever given before. Come on, somebody say, I'm with you, Pastor Steve. Glory to God. Through our sister churches and the churches that we have planted and the churches that we're revitalizing. It's so wonderful to be able to say, we're going to help you. We're going to resource you through Convoy of Hope and its partnership. We've given out well over 200,000 pounds of food. Hallelujah. Through Samaritan's Purse and other organizations, we've been able to raise up over a thousand workers and volunteers and say, here, they're yours. Help us. Help us do what we want to do to touch the people of Island Park and Long Beach. And I don't care what color shirt you wear. It doesn't matter to me as long as people are being resourced and touched and reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was so awesome this Thursday. The Lord put it on my heart as the executive regional presbyter of all of uh, the region, the metro region of, of New York, God put it on my heart to, to invite 300 leaders of organizations to come together in the cafe and to talk about who's doing what and what resources are available that we might share with one another. Resources that are available that we might share together. And 75 of those leaders took me up. FEMA came to the meeting. FEMA came to the meeting. And FEMA stood up in that meeting and they said, we need you, the church. We can't do it without you. And the pastors began to stand up one at a time. It was so beautiful. Pastors of small churches and they said, we want to do something, but we don't know how to do it. And churches, uh, pastors of larger churches said, listen, we're going to adopt you and we're going to give you the food so that you can hand it out. We're going to give you the resources. And people started exchanging cards with one another. And the church of Jesus Christ began to resource with one another. And at the end of the whole thing, I told them that uh, in June we're going to have another convoy of hope. And we're going to gather all the churches together and pull the resources together and bless Long Island like we've never blessed them before. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. God opens doors. When you're, you're willing to share. You know, last year, we were able to touch 5,500 people, give them food, give them free shoes, give them haircuts, give them a day of dignity. And you know, we called up the park commissioner and we asked them, can we use Mitchell Field? And we needed to beg them. We had to beg them. We had to go through a 72-hour fast to get them to change their mind. And this year, we had an appointment with them to go back and ask them for Mitchell Field because we want to do it again. This time we want to touch over 10,000 people. Give them the resources they need and we want to bless them. But here's what happened. On the day of the hurricane, we had an appointment with the parks commissioner and we had to cancel it. So I got so busy doing the work of the kingdom out on the streets, I forgot about it. Well, I get a call on my cell phone. I don't know how they got my cell phone, Gabrielle. I was in prayer right here. I was in prayer right here. I got a phone call on my cell phone from Trish Hood. She's the secretary to the supervisor of parks and recreation. And she called me up and she said, Reverend, when are you going to call us? Reverend, we want you to do it again. You did such a wonderful job. Would you come back in the Hempstead? Well, I said, we will. And we had an appointment this Thursday afternoon after we met with all those pastors. We met with a group of uh, people uh, for the towns and parks. And the commissioner was there. And he came over to me. He's a nice fella. He came over to me. He knew I was somebody, but he didn't know I was the reverend. And he looked at me, didn't even ask my name. He goes, what do you need and how can I help you? I said, hi, I'm Reverend Steve Malazzo. He goes, oh, hi. <laughs> he said, reverend, he said, you did such a great job. He said, last year we charged you for Mitchell Field. This year it's absolutely free. <laughs> Not only that, but he said to us, listen to me. 
Not only did he say it was absolutely free, but he told Gabrielle, he said, Gabrielle, make a wish list of all the things you need because we want you to come. You did such a fabulous job. And listen, we're going to book it on a date where there's no other activities going on because we want you to have all the grounds and all the parking lots because we want you to do a good job. Come on, somebody. The favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. The heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Come on, somebody. That's what happens when you step out in faith and you say, I can do this. God, I don't know how. I didn't know how we were going to do it. It was a total act of faith. But when you step out and you take the step of faith, God responds and gives you the resources so that you can bless the nations. Everybody say with me, we are blessed to be a blessing. Say it in the balcony. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Number two, I see a church that's a releasing church. You see, I have a vision of a church that raises up leaders and releases them to bear fruit. Ezekiel said, then he led me back to the banks of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees, each on each side. And Ezekiel saw all kinds of different kinds of trees. And God showed me those different kind of trees with different fruit or different kinds, types of churches. Wow, we have some churches, they like to get down and they like to sing gospel music. Hallelujah, Lord our God. Then there's churches that they like to kind of have a, a rock sound. Some churches are traditional. Some churches are contemporary. And some churches are out there. But they're preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and they're bearing fruit and they may look different but they're on the banks of the river and they're doing a good job because they're bearing fruit and as long as they're bearing fruit then I want to raise up leaders and I want to send them out let me be honest with you every church that we've planted every church that we've revitalized looks a little different from one another but you see it's all got the same DNA glory to God it's got the spirit of the Lord and thirdly I have a vision of revitalizing churches now let me, let me close here, but let me be honest with you and Frank. God has called our church to revitalize churches. See, God spoke to me several years ago and he said, what's easier for me to do? Or what's a greater miracle? Is it to give birth or to raise the dead? Now I want you to know, giving birth is a beautiful thing. My wife has done it three times. And it's a beautiful thing to see birth, new life. But you know what's even greater? See, that's, that's human. That's natural. But raising the dead, that's supernatural. That's supernatural. And God told me that God would use Bethlehem Assembly of God to take dying churches and revitalize them. And that's what we're doing. We've sent pastors out to churches that were dying. Pastor Anthony Palella went to a church that was dying. There were just a handful of people. You saw it in the video just a few moments ago. Three people in the church. Three people. He could have gone to Binghamton and been a youth pastor of a youth group of a hundred kids. Or he could have gone to Medford Assembly of God with three people with a small little building. And I'll never forget the day that my spiritual son and I, we went to that church and we knelt at that altar. And God gave us a vision that through that church, the river would flow and touch communities. And today that church has over 500 people and it's mothered another church, reaching another community. Come on somebody, say amen. And we were able to come alongside of that church. And we were able to resource that church and mentor that pastor. Every Sunday morning, Pastor Anthony and I are on the phone at 7.30 in the morning. We're praying for one another, praying the blessings of God. He called me this morning and said, Pastor, preach the word. Wow. It's amazing what God can do when a church is willing to not only believe in planting, but raising the dead. Because God still raises the dead. Do you believe that? And so, a year and a half ago, God spoke to us. You know, I've had a heart for, for Freeport, and I still have a heart for Freeport. I drive through Freeport. I said, God, one day, 
God, we're going to have a, a ministry here. And I think it's going to look a whole lot different than we would ever imagine. But about a year and a half ago, we began to pray, God, we're pregnant. God, we feel pregnant. God, we've got the leaders. We've got people that are hungry to do something different. They're sitting in the seats and they're just saying, God, use me, Lord. I need to be used by you. And so, to be honest, we prayed, we asked the Lord, we raised up a team. We had a campus pastor and we sent them to Freeport. And for 10 months, we labored in Freeport. And I'm going to be brutally honest, it was hard. It was hard ground. It was a Sunday night. I remember telling the team, I really don't want to do a Sunday night because a lot of people can't go to church on Sunday night. It's not a good time to do it. But because we had the team already and we had been praying and asking the Lord, there was no buildings that came available in Freeport. But there was one church and it's a dying church. But they said, we'll let you have the building on Sunday night. We said, you know what, we'll, we'll take the step of faith and we'll take it on Sunday night and we'll see what God has for us. We'll keep on praying and we'll see what God has for us. And so we began to meet there and it was hot. I lost 10 pounds every time I spoke at Freeport. And it was dingy, it was dark, and it was really tough. But out of Freeport, families came to the Lord. And they gave their lives to the Lord. And they're bringing other families to this campus today. But after 10 months, I had to be honest, brutally honest. Let me tell you something. You better thank God for a pastor that doesn't waste the kingdom money. And I said, God, this building's not working for us. And I'm not going to renew the lease, God. I'm going to buy faith. I'm going to not renew the lease. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to wait on you for a building. And so we, we didn't renew the lease we came back to this campus and we have been praying and asking the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, listen to me. If you wait on me, I will give you a building. If you wait on me, you're not going to have to buy it. You're not going to have to rent it. I'm going to give you a building. And God put something in my heart. I knew he had put it in my heart. But I just waited and I didn't say anything to anyone. I said, God, if it's you, you'll make it come to pass. Well, about the same time that we went to Freeport, Pastor Anthony in Medford, a son in the faith, he was asked to take over a church in Farmingdale that was failing and dying. It was on its last leg, and it was dying. And so we went with Pastor Anthony, and we began to send our workers there. And God spoke to me and said, one day, you're going to have that church, because I know that you have a heart. I know your heart's right to send people and leaders and resources to that church. And I began to pray in my secret prayer closet, God, God, I know you're going to do it. And so a couple of months ago, I get a call from Pastor Anthony. He said, Pastor Steve, you've been a strong partner in this work. He said, the church is too far for me to send people and resources. We're way out in Medford. And there's a church in Wading River that needs us. Can you take over this church in Farmingdale? And I said, and he said, would you pray about it? And I said, I don't need to pray about it. God has already told us that we would take over that church. And two weeks ago, that small congregation voted for us to parent that church. And today, mortgage debt free, we have a building. And let me tell you something. Listen to me. Listen to me. And a couple of years ago, as God has a sense of humor, we were feeling a change in that we wanted to change the name of the church to New Life. And for some reason, it didn't happen. But guess what? The name of that church is New Life Assembly of God. Can somebody say, God is a good God. When God says something, it comes to pass. Come on, somebody. No mortgage. No expenses on a Sunday morning. God wants to do something awesome. I want you to take a look at this as we close. Many years ago, God gave 
this church a vision that they would touch this community. Many years ago, God gave a word to a pastor to plant a church in this area. And over the years, God has done some incredible things. But in the recent years, this church has gone through a tremendous challenge and tremendous adversity. And as a result of that, many people have left the church. But God called Bethlehem Assembly of God to revitalize churches. God called Bethlehem Assembly of God to raise up leaders and plant them in different places. And this church right here has asked us to come in and take over this church so that we might help this church once again be revitalized so that once again it can be a thriving church in this community. You know, somebody once asked me, what's a greater miracle, to give birth or to resurrect somebody from the dead? And the truth is, the birth is a great miracle, but there's nothing greater than a resurrection. And we believe that it's time for new life to be resurrected. And so, would you join us on this journey by partnering with us, not only by coming and being a part of this great campus, but also by supporting this campus with your prayers, your talents, and your treasures. And so, join me on this journey of revitalizing New Life Assembly of God. As the worship team would come right now, I want to challenge Many years you this ago, day. God, I want to challenge you this morning to come with me, journey with me, and by faith, let's do the very thing that God called us to do. I want Pastor Pete and Judy to come up right now. See, God knows what he's doing, and just at the right time, when God calls one leader out, he calls another leader in. And Pastor Jimmy's now pastoring a wonderful church in Pennsylvania. And we began to pray, God, give us a campus pastor. Give us a man and a woman who has a desire and a passion to reach lost people. And just about that time when Pastor Jimmy was transitioning out, God always provides. God sent us Pastor Pete. And I watched Pastor Pete when we had the outreach to Hempstead, the Convoy of Hope Outreach. And I watched him closely. And this man, he would get up early in the morning and go to Home Depot and give out flyers to everyone, inviting them to the outreach. That he would literally spend his time, day after day, inviting people to come to know Christ as their Savior. And you know, I said to myself, that's the kind of man I want. That's the kind of person I want to pour in my life into. That's the kind of person that I know I can entrust a campus to because his heart will be for the lost. And then I watched him as he joined me, as I mentored him in discipling people through the foundations class. I watched him as he would pray, as his heart would be broken for the lost, as his heart would be in passion to disciple people when they come into the church. And his humility to say, I don't know it all, but I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to be a part of a team. And so Bethlehem, today we have two campuses. We've got six churches that we have either planted, revitalized, and now we have a second campus. Whereby we can send our people, raise up leaders, send them to this campus. But at the same time, oversee them and mentor them holding them accountable and working together as a team. And what do we need? We need workers. We need people with faith. We need people that are willing to step out and say, not my will, your will be done. I want the ushers to come right now. And we want to give you a commitment card. And we're going to give this to every single one of you. And we're actually going to wait until everyone gets a card. I want the worship team right now to sing that song that we're going to sing about the city as we give out these cards to you. I want the Holy Spirit to speak. You know, this morning as we were praying, the truth is, the prayer was, let Pastor Steve cast the vision. Let him do a good job in sharing the need. And you know what? God spoke to me and said, Pastor Steve could do a great job. But if God, if he doesn't touch your heart, 
then everything I say falls on deaf ears. So here's what I'm praying, that you will say with me, God, not my will, but your will be done. You see, at the end of the day, if you say that, if you say, God, not my will, Lord, it's not about me staying at this campus, it's about your will. It's not about what's comfortable for me, it's about your will. It's not about me being in my comfort zone, but it's about me being stretched, being used. Some of you, look at me, listen to me. Some of you in this room, you've been saying, God, I'm itching. God, I want to be used by you, God, again, God. There are some small group leaders in here, some children's workers, some worship leaders in here, some people that have a passion for evangelism, and you've been saying, you know what? I'm getting dry. And I need to be used by God. I need to step out in faith and do something that I've never done before. I'm ready to release. I'm ready to release you into your destiny. I'm ready to release you to go to another campus. To say, God, use me. And you know what? If you're saying right now, God, not my will, your will be done. If you're saying, God, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say whatever your will is. Then you know what? I can leave this place this morning. I can go have my pasta fazul. I can go watch the football game and be content in knowing I did my job. Because really, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And it's your heart responding. Would you sing this with us? And as you sing this song with us, I want you to hold that card in your hand. And I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to begin to speak to the Lord about how God wants you to be involved in this. Now, all of us in this room can be involved in one way or the other. But I want to pray. I want you to pray as you, as we sing this song you're as a prayer. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. Oh God, you're the You're king. the light in this darkness. Lord, you're the light You're the, the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. Still so much work to be done, God. For there is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. Still to be done in this city. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. You're the God of this city. You're the God. God. You're the King of these people. Yes, God. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, for there is no one, for there is no one like our God, there is no one like our God. to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things, oh, greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. I went to Farmingdale a couple of months ago before before I got the call from Pastor Anthony, I went to Farmingdale and I drove around Farmingdale. I went down the streets and I just began to pray. And then I pulled up to that church that's, that's dying. And I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, we cannot let this church die. We cannot let that church fail. That's a church that's been planted in that community. And a long time ago, a pastor received a vision from God that that church would be filled and that neighborhood would be touched with the gospel. And friends, 
I'm telling you as your pastor, we cannot let that church fail. We cannot give that church to the devil. We cannot allow that building to be anything other than what it was destined to be. The church of the living God. And friend, it's up to us. Are we going to let it die? Or are we going to let our own egos and our own agendas die? And say, God, not my will. But your will be done. I want you to take this card out right now. And this is what it says. After prayerfully seeking God's guidance and direction, I, we, commit to supporting New Life Assembly by making New Life Assembly my campus for one year, for two years, for three years. All we're asking for is a one-year commitment to say, you know what, Pastor Steve? I'm going to go there for one year. I'm going to use my talents, my ability, whatever it is, and I'm going to help to resuscitate I'm going to help to bring new life to new life. And after one year, then I make a decision whether I'm going to stay there or come back. You want to stay for two, three years, whatever it is. We're just simply asking for a one-year commitment. And Pastor Steve, I have a heart. I have a heart for worship. Or I have a heart for children. One of the most difficult ministries to fill in a church is children's ministry. One of the most important ministries to fill is children's ministry. And Pastor Steve, I have a heart for children and I'm willing to serve in the children's ministry. Pastor Steve, I'm willing to serve in the youth ministry. We're losing a generation. Listen to me, look at me. There's a, a group of young people, teenagers, listen to me. How heartbreaking is this? There's a group of teenagers that hang out right in the parking lot of that church. And they play basketball in the parking lot of that church. But there's no one to go there and preach the gospel to them. I'll go if I have to go by myself. We can't lose that generation. Pastor Steve, I want, I want to make people feel welcome at that church. I'm good with hospitality. I want to be an usher, a greeter. I want to smile. I want to do something. I know I can do something. I want to be a small group leader or host a small group. or I want to help reach that community. We had such a wonderful response in the first service. I believe God's going to touch your heart right now. And, and, and you're going to feel the call of God to say, yes, this is my campus, my church. And I'm willing to serve wherever my church sends me. Because I'm willing to trust the leadership. And more than that, I'm willing to trust God on this. So I'm going to ask Peter and Judy to just stand right in the middle right here. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something. You see, Peter and Judy, they're very successful in business. They don't need to do this. But Peter is turned away from much of his business. To say, I'm willing to take a chance. And... If you haven't noticed, he's not a teenager. He's willing to take a step of faith. We need people like that. But friends, they need your help. They need our support. You see, they're willing to go down in the pit, but they need somebody to hold the rope. They're willing to climb the mountain. But they need some people to give them the wind to encourage them to keep climbing that mountain. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to some of you right now to say, I can make a year commitment. We must not let that church fail. We will not make that church fail. We're going to do that together as a team. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right now? You say, Pastor Steve, I'm here today and I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And Pastor Steve, I need God to come into my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to leave this place today feeling and knowing that I'm right with God. I want you to raise your hand in the balcony. You say, Pastor, yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Others that are here today on the main floor, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Anyone else here today in the cafe, you could pray. If you're watching this via live stream, you could pray. And ask Jesus to come into your heart. This is what I'm going to do today. If you raised your hand today, I'm going to invite you after the service. There's going to be some altar workers right here. Come altar workers. And these altar workers are going to be here to do a couple of things. The first thing they're going to do is if you raised your hand and you want Jesus to come into your heart and into your life, 
you want to be forgiven of your sins come to one of these workers and they're going to give you the information you need so that you can begin your journey of faith but maybe some of you are already Christians maybe you're not a Christian but you just need somebody to love on you and pray for you maybe you're here today and you say Pastor Steve I just need healing in my body I need God to touch me I want to encourage you to come to one of these folks they're going to pray for you and I want the rest of us I want you to sit in your seat as we worship the Lord for the next couple of moments and if you feel and it's a little hard to write on this so persevere but if you feel like God has called you to do this I want you to fill out this card and I want you to come and take the card and place it in here because on December the 11th at 7.30 in the cafe, we're going to gather together for prayer and for an orientation for all the people that are interested. Now, you might say, you know, I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to stay open to God. You come December 11th because we want to share the vision of what God wants to do through that incredible church that we see today through the eyes of faith. But we need to know who that is because let me, let me tell you, we're going to be praying and fasting this Wednesday. And we need to know who's even interested. So please fill that out. Also, I want you to come to these, this precious couple right here. And I want you, just as you feel led of the Lord, to come and just encourage them. And pray for them today. That God would use them in a great way. Let's all stand to our feet. Just raise our hands to heaven and sing greater things.